Welcome, welcome, welcome back, film fans. This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 58. 58. This episode, we're going to be celebrating Tawana's birthday and yeah, all her yeah. favorite themes. Yeah, we're doing yeah. romantic comedy since she, that's one of her favorite genres outside of horror. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. So, Tawana, since it's your birthday, what are you sipping on today? Well, since you've been trying some new stuff, and this was in the fridge from a leftover party. Wow. <laughs> wow. And I wanted to try it. Real talk. I wanted to try it. It's not, I wasn't just being cheap. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not a big fan of IPAs. Not at all. And I think I've expressed this before. I'm sure I have. Um, many, many, many times. Many times. Mm-hmm. And what I dislike about IPAs the most is the extra hoppy bitterness of it. Okay. I don't think beer, for me personally, beer shouldn't be a painful experience. Right. Um, and I think that sometimes it can get too much, like between IPAs and sours. And some people really like it, but I, I don't enjoy acid in my mouth or like um, just pain. Like if I take a sip and swallow, I shouldn't be like, that was that great. Wow. <laughs> I should be like, oh, that wasn't bad. Okay. And so... Um, I gave this a shot last night. I had some others on the hopper, right? Some others I thought I'd use. But I tried this and it was tasty. Um, And so it's Rebel IPA uh, from the Sam Adams Brewery. Uh, It's not too bad. It's, um, I mean, I shouldn't even say it's not too bad. It is is tasty. It's it's got a little intensity, but it's not so horrible that I can't deal. Um, but if you are into IPAs, this is probably a, 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 a chill IPA. So this is, this, it's got like this intense juiciness as Sam Adams says on their website. I don't know what intense juice what is, means. What is intense juicy? I, I don't know what intense juicy means. Uh, especially as it relates <laughs> to a, a, a beer. It's not intense juicy. It's like, not, it's not I guess, a meat or anything right. that would be considered juicy. I, it's I not guess, a piece of fruit. It's not fruity in taste or texture. I mean, it has it has a citrus taste so to it. So there's a citrusy. There's a citrus something. flavor, but the intense juicy. I don't get where they're coming from with that. I'm gonna have to look that up because I just don't. That's that's troubling you a little it's bit. It's troubling. The verbiage is weird. Got it. Anyway, so uh, it does have the citrus flavor. It is very lean, um, in body and crisp and clean in finish, and uh, I like it. I think they've got some like pairings we were discussing before. Um, like uh, burger sliders with aged cheddar, wings, potato skins. I can see that. It's the carbs that that s- sort of silent the the hop a little, but also become a bit complimentary. The part that I think is probably the most complimentary of the beer is probably the Thai food. So they recommend Thai food, green curry especially, lemongrass chicken. Mm-hmm. And then they jump to beef fajitas. I don't get the beef fajitas thing, but... The Thai food, it would go really well with Thai food. It actually makes me want a little green let me, curry. Let me taste this thing. Try it. See what you think. Because there's a lot of description. Let me see. I mean, you know, that's what beer is. Description. A lot. <laughs> but they also say it goes good with, uh, what do you think? Um, 
It's a better blue moon. It's a better blue moon. Well, there's a lot of grapefruit. Well, because there's grapefruit a something the, orange something. Uh, no grapefruit. It's, it's definitely citrus. So I think the citrus. I think the, I don't think the cit- I think it's lemon. I'm feeling grapefruit. You feeling bitter. grapefruit? Because they don't say whether it's grapefruit. But I think or it's the hops and the fruit. Naturally, the hops. So that's and why the fruit. it makes it anything bitter and, and citrusy is grapefruit. Yeah. So that's why I think it tastes. like That's grapefruit why you think me. it tastes like that. Yeah. I mean, they say it go good. It goes good with dessert. So I could see the key lime that they recommend because mm-hmm. it gives a little tang. Yeah, the tang, the citrus. But you know, I don't know about the carrot cake and the brownie, but. This is always cheap in the grocery store because it's a Sam Adams brand, which means it's domestic. You can always check it out. It's sippable. Okay. Which is what is always good to me. Like, yeah. if I think if you're going to have a beer, you're going to watch some TV, play some pool, be with your friends at a barbecue, whatever, just chilling out, hanging out, things should be sippable and enjoyable. So, I mean, if you dig a good IPA or you just want to start it out like me, I try this you. out. Because my other fave is Giacomo from... Abita, and I'm going to have to review that for the show one day because I thought that was pretty tasty. Other than that, I'm a virgin to the IPA game. (laughs) Clearly. All right. So since we're talking about sippable, enjoyable on your outing, and I'm still in my rye phase. Yes. Don't worry, bourbon drinkers. I'm I'm coming back soon. Oh, I'm done with this. This is Don't worry. Next week. Next episode. It'll be time for some, some bourbon again. Uh, especially since we're going to be doing the photograph. Um, What I'm drinking right now is High West Whiskey. It's from Park City, Utah, and uh, it's been around since 1870, the distillery. And um, it's actually kind of tasty. One of my coworkers knew she had recommended it to me, and it's the High West Whiskey. It's the Double Rye, and it's called Double Rye because it's blended of two different blends of whiskeys. Very good. It's, It's only two years old. I think this... This this one, they have two other versions in their distillery right. that are, you know, a higher price point. And I think it'll, it's a different kind of casting. But I think that uh, I really enjoy this. I like the the oak and the caramel and the those notes that it has. It's kind of smoky. And because of the mm-hmm. rye, you have that, that spiciness at the back end for me. So I, I, I enjoy this. And I would actually have this in like an old fashioned or a, a Manhattan. I think it would be great in my coworker knew she she's a good friend of mine and she, she and her husband recommend having it with with like a Manhattan. Yeah. They really enjoy that. And in a lot of bars you're going to see when you ask for a Manhattan or an old fashioned they're going to give you rye unless you ask specifically for bourbon. So uh, this is one of the reasons why cuz this one is good. The bottle the bottle design is great. The bottle's amazing. Really old school bottle. We'll, we'll definitely keep the bottle. Yeah, it looks like it's been around since the distillery's been open. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and each bottle is uh numbered and it's but it's only uh 46% alcohol by volume so that's not too high in a proof level i mean it was tasty and sippable yeah like. definitely 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 something you could sip on nicely uh once again that's high west and it's out of park city utah where the sundance festival is held and all those kinds of wonderful skiing yeah. things yeah because so. they have a ski in distillery mm-hmm, exactly yeah, so. in the back that's what's cool about this one. But like the I said, pub or I would shit. definitely want to give this a try again. And I'm, I'm going to try the bourbon version of this and uh, see, what it, see what it tasty. tastes like. But like I said, it's something to try all you rye drinkers out there. Yeah, thanks for the rec, Noose. Absolutely. Thank you, Noose. <laughs> all right, so we move on. 
Uh, industry news. Dun, yes. dun, dun. I feel like we need like a little entrance. We'll something. work on. We'll, we'll work on. You that. need an intro song for like a little, in, like a little break. A little know? something. Got it. Almost like, cut it in. yeah, cut it in. Almost like it was yeah, a banner. Yeah, we'll put that in there. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, so um, okay, so industry news. So there were a couple of things on my radar the past couple of weeks. Um, so as we know, I'm a big fan of horror. You? My number one. You like horror movies? Number one genre is horror. God, I've never seen a horror movie with I you. I know, right? Wow. Just amazing. Tell us. Um. So anyway, so because of that, I'm always, you know, my antenna is always really perked when it comes to horror. And so I um, as I've been speaking about before, uh, pretty much since Jordan Peele, but even before that, it goes past that. But Jordan Peele has sort of piqued our interest um, into blacks in horror as of recently. As as of, uh, and we've had a, a number of people come out with uh, interesting docs and films since then, like Horror Noir, which I mentioned before, which is um, just a series in a book talking about um, blacks and horror and their contribution. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I really enjoyed it. And so because of that, um, there's become a new saw, right? And so it's called Spiral from the Book of Saw. And now it stars Chris Rock, who is also an executive producer, mm-hmm. um, and Sam Jackson, who plays his father. A little weird turn there, but okay. Uh, <laughs> they could really be partners if you ask me. But, um, well, Samuel is like 70. Is Sam 70? Yes. Damn, so Sam, you he look. He got some age on him. Is he? Yes. Oh, Sam looks great. <laughs> And yes. Sam is an ex crack addict. He looks amazing. Hey, that didn't what, hit. I'm, that's what happens I don't mean, when you clear up your I, life. I know what I'm saying. Let me let me correct that. I don't mean that to like say that he's horrible. I just mean he looks amazing. That didn't age him. That that rough patch he had with addiction no, didn't age him. There's a whole lot of money that came after that. Right. That is true. Money does help. Mm-hmm. Anyway, regardless, money and success. Addiction and success aside, you look amazing, Sam Jackson. Yes. But um, yeah, and so. Um, if you look up the trailer, because it is available, mm-hmm. I want to say that Chris Rock has given us his best pookie cry in the trailer. Wow. But I think it's supposed to feel like anguish, but it just feels like pookie cry. Yeah, with that, uh, that face he makes. I just, the crackhead face. The crackhead face. Mm-hmm. Speaking of crackhead. <laughs> wow, it all comes full circle. Full circle. So disrespectful. I am sorry. Um, but yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I'm gonna watch this, but I don't have a lot of high hopes of Sam. Of not Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson plays his father, who seems like he's also some sort of detective. And Chris Rock plays a detective in this. Um, his partner is um, uh, don't get me to lie. The security, the security guard in Handmaid's Tale. Everybody knows who he is. I'll look up his name in a minute and check it and uh, let you know. But, um, yeah, Chris Rock plays this detective that's sort of, like, obsessed with the legacy of Saw. And I, I assume it probably has something to do with Sam. Um, and so, uh, I don't know. Who is Sam? Sam Jackson is uh, is his father in the film. I thought you meant there was some connection to no, Saw. No, 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 no. Sam I, Jackson. What I'm assuming. Saw have, what's, what's the connection with it's Saw? It's a part of the Saw legacy. So, so like, it's in a timeline somewhere. Yeah, so you know how The Conjuring has this whole huge timeline with people. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like that. It's Got really because it. the last one wasn't so bad, but this one, eh. 
I'm fingers crossed. I'm hoping you do well. Yeah, um, and so we'll move on. Well, to you me. know, I think it's, it's I think it's interesting about the the horror genre, but I also feel like between you have so many places you can go with horror because you can also yes. go into like the psycho psychological thriller area. Yes. You know those kinds of things. It doesn't have to be hackem sackem serial killer. Right. It could just be. And so it's also slashers. Something, something kind of different. Right. So I, I like that. You know, we get to play in those areas, and and I think it really kind of the movement started. You know, with like shows like Black Mirror and and how because the British shows usually have more black characters and they're dealing with more storylines that affect and involve us. Right. And so I think that you know. And, and I know people like Jordan Peele have a love for, you know, the old um, Alfred Hitchcock and Rod Serling kind right. of, as do I, you know, TV genre, right. horror genre pieces. So it, it's good to see that. And it makes me think about Tiffany Jackson, our old friend from the new school. She, oh, okay. when we were in film class, she, her film genre was horror. And for her to be a black woman, it was really wanting to delve in horror. And she told us, she created a short about, um, these kids, these high school, black high school kids on like a weekend trip in the mountains and they run into some kind of crazy killer or something. Oh, really? So, but for, I never saw her trailer. Yeah, but it was real. Short. And it just made me think about Tiffany. Shout out to Tiffany and everybody at the new school people. And uh, But I think it's it's just kind of interesting. And I like when women delve into horror. More. I really love when women delve into horror because it's not usually an outlet they associate us with. So yeah. horror and action, which is why I like femme fatale films, because it's not usually something they allow us to like dance around in a bit. Mm. You know, they just assume. Uh, by the way, the man I was describing as uh, Chris Rock's partner in the film is his name is Max Mangella. Okay. From Handmaid's Tale. Um, I never saw Handmaid's Tale, but okay. it's good. But Handmaid's Tale fans will understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, it's directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman, who's done a number of other stuff. Okay. Um, and so, uh, back to industry news. Got that. The other one I'm very interested in is They've Gotta Have Us. Right. Which is a Netflix doc about black cinema. Oh, that sounds good. Which I'm really interested in. Yeah, that sounds And I hope they do well. And, you know, Netflix. Netflix is hella diverse. Yeah, so <laughs> it's good to see those kind of things happen. Yeah. And it's good to talk about black cinema. And, and part of my, both of our reviews when it comes to these romantic comedies is about black cinema especially in the in the 90s and early yes. 2000s so yes it's so, good to see that yeah so it's just it's all about black hollywood and so it looks like they've got a number of people speaking on it uh nelson george little rel uh casey lemons david o oh i'm not even gonna pretend like i can pronounce his name uh <laughs> from where john boyaga um from britain oh yeah oh yeah Oelio. Yes, thank mm -hmm. you. Because I tried to think of that song. Oh, which is yes. which makes me feel like I'm just aligning with folks I don't agree with. Because uh, <laughs> I don't think you should be making fun of his name like that. You know, Jesse Williams, Debbie, Allen, Jim Boyega, uh, Reggie Rock, Blywood, on and on and on. Right. So they must be really, uh, Eric Dickinson, they must be really talking about the history. I'm excited to um, see Um Barry that. Jenkins. So I I'm excited because I'm um, big fans of all these people, and I hope it's amazing. All right. Well, we'll we'll have to see. What you what you thinking? Were you thinking well, of anything? Well, my, I'm always thinking of stuff. Yes, you are. But um, what I was thinking about as far as interesting is I'm just I'm I'm interested to see where it's going to go tomorrow. I do not watch award shows 
I don't care what they are, whether they be the Grammys, music awards, or any of the shows, but I'm always posting about the shows. I actually do the, the research after the show to see who won. I go back and right, right. dig into the details of when the last time somebody won this thing or you know so on and so forth I, that's what's interesting to me right. i do not like watching the shows i don't want to hear people's acceptance speeches and their political views i just <laughs> i just want to know who won at the end of the day because i always compare that to either the things that we've talked about here on the show right or just my Natural. own views about you know a film and or an actor and an actress so i think it's good and you know oscar has a lot to learn and they're going to still be learning and and I, it was interesting that i was Watching a piece today that talks about the 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 films that get all the praise and all the award, during award oh, seasons yeah, don't CBS, uh, right? don't always turn into the films that people love and always talk about and revere throughout history. That in fact most of those films end up just oh my god that was an amazing film but it didn't get any recognition from critics or or the uh, nominating committees for all these different shows. So I think it's I think it's kind of interesting when. You know, when people decide what happens versus what the critics in Hollywood thinks. But I think in true fashion, more voices are being heard in different kinds of streaming venues and, and different ways of making film and, and, and finding diverse talent because there's so much talent out here. And I think that, you know, once Hollywood decides to get off that formulaic uh, reboot, yeah, recycle, Oh, another sequel of something because right. there's another Fast and Furious. I think this is number nine. nine. It's not. They're gonna have ten too. Of course, they're gonna have ten. They're probably they're, shooting it now. They're bringing back people they're that shooting, couldn't have possibly live. Right. They're shooting right. it now. If they could, if they could pull Walker out of his grave, they probably will. He would be in it because he'd be a hologram. They've been or pulling three other, two other people out of their grave. So in the series. you know, so. I just, I just hope. That, but out of his literally literal grave, since he's dead for real. I mean, they're using his brother. That's damn near. Right. The brother looks exactly it's just, like him. It's so crazy. But I'm just thinking that hopefully Hollywood will begin to tell more stories, begin to have more people of color and more diversity behind the camera as well as in front of the camera. So right. I think that you know, and I want a surprise win from Cynthia Revo. Yes, with, yes. For Harriet tomorrow. She's the only one I'm rooting for. for. Uh, she really is. For Best Actress. I really want that to happen for her. And I and I want Parasite to win Best Picture. But I think it's actually going to go to uh, 1917, which we reviewed last yeah, episode. Yeah, I think, I think it might be 1917 or Parasite. Yeah, either one. I but either, I, one. either way, I'll be excited but about that. You know what the, the upset will be? They'll give it to Tarantino. Oh, I know. If, if the upset will happen for me, I think it's going to go to Scorsese because they've but been that, waiting to give it. That him really wouldn't be an upset to me. But didn't he get one for Raging Bull? That was the last time he received an award. It was for Raging Bull. Um, yeah, that was quite a long time. I mean, that was like 20 some years ago. Right. It's not no, more than it's that. It's more than that. But, um, I mean, if he gets it, I'd be happy. That wouldn't be an upset for me because, I mean, Scorsese has been doing a number of things for film since the beginning of his career. Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. he, he actually deals in the restoration and storing of classical films. Right. And so for that regard, I've, and I've always respect him as, as a filmmaker, mm-hmm. um, and he's taken a lot of Did class- you enjoy The Irishman? I like The Irishman. I just thought it was too long, and right. they have a little thing going online that says, like, if you want to watch it in pieces, because I found myself watching it, and I never do this. I found myself watching it and then sort of, like, either falling asleep or breaking. I think I was watching it at the wrong time. Well, there's also some things online to tell you at what point you can take a break. Right, like, right. That's what I'm saying. So, so, so they they have guides online that show you how you can watch it in three pieces. 
which which is absolutely crazy to me. To me because too. Because there is nothing about a film that says, "Oh, no. I can just take a break now." No. And there is even talk about bringing intermissions back to film. Long no, films no, again. that's ridiculous. I don't want an intermission. So it, your you intermission just, is to go pee, and if you gotta go pee, that's your problem. Well, I mean, as I said, that's where that's where the, Hollywood is going. So you just never that know. Would, that would be that would be annoying. And I think the only people that could possibly do that would be Netflix, since they own all the like defunct special theaters now because they own man's chinese chinese theater in thank LA. you in mm-hmm. in la i couldn't finish it and they own um the paris here in new york right and so and i think they're acquiring something else a little midwestern probably chicago and, and southern yeah because they got to get that they got to get they got to get all of them and so this yeah and so this way the they don't get knocked out of the oscar contention mm-hmm. by talking about Absolutely. Being able to be published, but and having that theatrical release, yes. But I, I really hope Cynthia wins. Cynthia's up for two. She's up for the the song, and she's right. up for this. But um, best actress, mm-hmm. like you said, they're gonna try to do a little liberal twist. Yeah, I feel like that's that's the liberal twist. If not her, then I feel like um, your girl uh, Nicole Zellweger will get it for uh, Judy. But that ain't liberal. Well, but I, know, I get what a, you're saying. She, you know. She's just a white woman. That She's ain't just liberal. a white woman, but there ain't nobody else to pick. I, mean, I know. You want, you want Scarlett Johansson to get it? No, absolutely not. Okay, so thank you. I'd, I'd, I'd rather reverse my, my sexuality to strength oh than Scarlett Johansson oh gets Lord. it. I'm just saying, by okay. the way, what's my strippers? This is we strippers here. Tawana, I see two men. Tawana's expecting strippers. It's Chris and his, and his Vaughn. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do with y'all. Hey, Chris, thank you for coming and thank you for. Well, I'm just going to hang out with today. y'all. <laughs> Since we're celebrating Tawana's birthday, let's talk yes. about your n- newest favorite genre. Okay, it's not new. It just has never been publicized. And it's not something I put out in the world until now because it's sort of a guilty pleasure of mine. I have two favorite genres. One is horror, as we know, and the other is rom-coms. And if you looked at my photo or know me in real life, you'd be like, really? Right. Bitch, you went to romance? But I am. I'm a romantic at heart. And I really, honestly love a good rom-com. And what amazes me and what what my number one um, horror, look at me, switching, my number one Romantic comedy comedy is is Love Jones. Love Jones. Number one. Mm -hmm. That's your number one. Before then, um, you could say it would probably be like Pretty Woman, even though I'm really big Julia Roberts fan. Yes. And because I feel like back in the '90s there were camps, right? So there were Julia, or it was um, what was the other one? It was Julia, or it was Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. So you would definitely be you would definitely be into one or the other. And I just felt like Meg Ryan was too fucking sweet. She made my teeth hurt. And I felt like Julie had a little dirtiness to her. Mm. I know that sounds wow. crazy. But I Maybe it's because she was playing a, a prostitute. <laughs> but she always played somebody like <laughs> on a fringe. So I felt like Meg Ryan always played really happy go lucky. Sorry, white women who were just living their life. Yes, sweet, happy, well, she, and privileged. You know. And Julia kind of always felt dirty. She was always like, wow, um, she felt dirty. She felt dirty because no, listen, Mystic Pizza. She was uh, a Portuguese woman who didn't come from the from, f- who was like not middle class. They were sort of like 
not poverty. Anyway, they were lower class in comparison to their neighborhood, Mr. Connecticut, right? And so, like, I, I'm assuming the divide is very large there, so it's wealthy, and then it's the lower class people who work for them. And so she played a woman who worked for them. She played a Portuguese waitress at a pizza shop who worked for them. Boom, that's one. Then she had pretty woman. She was a prostitute. Then she was in that cancer film, and she was um, she was another low, lower class person who was this a nurse, um, helping helping a hospice, um, patient, who she falls in love with. There throughout throughout her career, she's always played sort of regular people, middle class to lower class people. She never really played rich until. Well, it's because she's so country. Well, that you can't really yeah because I, I think richness. she's from I think she's from Georgia right yeah she's some from southern like, state yeah so um so the thing about it is is um with Julia I always thought that she was more relatable okay. than 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 old blonde girl with blue eyes and I couldn't fuck well with you know I like I like <laughs> Meg Ryan but I like Meg in different kinds of things what I saw one of my one of my friends was talking about Meg Ryan speaking of rom coms. Right. In You've Got Mail with Tom Hanks. Yeah, I fucking hated that. And I was like, I okay, really I never it. really saw it, but what I did like was right. Meg Ryan in that she when she stopped being the when the she good was girl, dark when she was that that almost like uh, femme fatale in that movie with um, um, he played um, the Hulk. Uh, Eric, Ruffalo, Eric, oh, Ruffalo, Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo. I was she was say, in a, Ruffalo. where he was like a detective or something, and she was like this this um, femme fatale in the film. It was real gritty in New York and like downtown New York, Alphabet City, New York. Right. And um, I was like, oh my goodness, you're playing a bad girl. And that's before she right. started doing all the plastic surgery and stuff. Yeah, but it was it's just really interesting, you know. In the cut. Yes, in the cut. I really enjoyed that movie, yeah. and uh, but it, like I said, it was a darker yeah, take. Yeah, she did another one with like Russell Simmons. I'm um, Russell Simmons. What am I talking about? <laughs> He's in my mind for some reason. Russell's in her Russell, mind. I don't know why. It is Tawana's birthday. Russell Crowe. Yeah, right. <laughs> Russell Crowe, and then um, she was in other dark stuff like City of Angels. Yeah, and, that was a good one. Oh, Courage and the Fire. Like so, that's when she started to get a little darker. But uh, yeah, it was always. It was always my girl Julia for me, um, and even though, even though Love Jones is ninety seven and Notting Hill is ninety nine, okay, um, I do enjoy them both because what happened with me was I was watching all the Julia Roberts movies and all this other stuff, and then Love Jones appears on the scene, and now Love Jones. I'm probably very early 20s, if not 20. Um, and I am going to the movies like I always do with my friends and everything. And I'm enjoying films. And it's not, then all of a sudden, Love Jones pops on the scene. And for the culture, you know, because I've always been black. Really? You black? <laughs> I'm black, black. Dang. Blackity black. You blackity black. Black, black, blackity black. So, wow. <laughs> and so then Love Jones pops on the scene. Now, mind you, before that, there was like Jason's Lyric. I had to believe Jason's Lyric was before Love Jones. Yes, it was. And so there were little films like that. And so the 90s was a great era for black love, mm. right? So we had Poetic Justice. We had a few other films that popped in. Best Man, was Best Man in the 90s? Yes, Best Man was 99. Okay, I'm so like. talking about it. Right. So, you know, so some of those were great. And I didn't like the comedy ones. They like the. 
to me they were a little too shuck and jab. The Martin Lawrence, oh all those Will Smith um, ones, not Will Smith, not Will Smith, it's um, the other dude, LL Cool J. Oh, he was doing something. Yeah, too. we'll get that with Gabrielle Union. Yeah, I'm gonna I get you. Like, I'm a, uh, something about the sister. Yeah, the sisters. Something about the sisters. I, I wasn't. Um, and Martin's was a uh, thin line between love and hate. Oh, and but that wasn't a comedy. It wasn't a comedy. That but you know drama. what I mean. They were kind of like trying to like put them. Yeah. In the same yeah. box. Two can play that game with. Um, yeah, there's with, also uh, that one. With, um, Love Jamie Foxx. Loving Basketball yeah, well, was that's another one. And I feel like you are a Loving Basketball fan or a Love Jones fan. You're Because I feel like if you're a Loving Basketball fan, it has to do with Sanaa Lathan. So you're like. Or sports. Or sports. Mm-hmm. So you're like Loving Basketball. You're, um, what's the other one? Brown Sugar. Yeah. You're. Um, just, was, just Cause. Or ju- just, just Right. Just Right. That's just it. Right. You're that. Or your Love Jones and Best Man and all those. Yeah. So it's like you sort of fall in a category. Anyway, right. I fall in the Love Jones category. Got so it. I've always loved Love Jones. And I thought, for me and very many people around the world, black love at its highest, right? Essentially. So before this film, like I said, um, real black love was hard to come by, right? Depending on what you deemed it to be. But this was sort of very realistic. Um, in the realistic sense of like uh, real people in a romantic sense on screen, right? Apart from this, I'd say like I was just saying before, like Jason's lyric. And so I think it sort of began the trend that which continues today in the photograph, which we'll talk about next week. I mean, next episode. And so Love Jones is a story set in the world of Chicago's middle class community of black artists and professionals which at the time was very unfamiliar to the moviegoers of the late ni- late nineties. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we always saw hood shit. We always saw hood shit, and while Spike Lee's stuff was very important, and John Singleton's, you know, Boys in the Hood, a lot of those were very important. Talking about the lives of those people in those circumstances, this was also important because we weren't all gang members, and we weren't all like trying to like fight through. You're not in the gang. You no. don't sell drugs. Stop. You're a prostitute? You're giving too much away, man. Wow. I mean, it's my birthday. You can't respect. And I just got out of prison, so you know. Did you? Just got out. You did a bit? Just mercy. Oh, man. Just <laughs> Dirt, mercy. Just mercy. <laughs> but anyway, we got we digress. The story of Nina Mosley and Darius Lovehold played by, um, what the hell? Why would I, why would I ever... <sighs> Nina Long. Uh, Nina Long. You don't know who Nina Long is? Nina Long is my number one on my list. I don't even understand. Let's please come back. Nina Long and Lorenz Tate. Yes. Isaiah Washington, Lisa Nicole Carson, Bill Bellamy, and on and on. Khalil Kane from Juice. Who doesn't love Juice? And on and on. Um, Directed by uh, Theodore Witcher, who you don't see a lot of anymore. He, He had a couple films, and that was it. And we love Theodore and really wish Theodore would make a couple more. Well, you love Love Jones. Mm. I love Love Jones. And I'm assuming. We don't know if we love him or not. I'm assuming he would make more like this. But Love Jones has literally had like a 20th anniversary three years ago. So he might not be making any more. Right. So anyway, like I said. It's hard to make a movie in in Hollywood. It is. The story of uh, Nia Mosley, played by Nia Long, and Darius Lovehold, played by Lorenz Tate. Is two artists making their way in the world. Uh, they they meet in this jazz club and fall in love. And joined by their friends, we watch as they weave themselves in and out of uh, of a relationship. Um, 
trying to understand their lives and their love, um, figuring out their careers. And, and it, it, it's, it's romantic. It's erotic in certain parts. Um, it's smart. I really like how, um, one of the best soundtracks of all time, oh, if you for ask sure. me. It stays in rotation. It stays me. in rotation. If you know black people that don't know Love Jones, that, no, don't fuck with Just them. Just say goodbye. They not. They not that. They not the ones. They for not you. the ones. Oh no, Chris, you raise your hand. He don't know because he's he's a millennial. But but I'm gonna give you millennial status. He was born status. after it. I'll give you millennial status. It's the youth. It's he was born youth. after it. I've seen it before. I just don't remember. You you seen it, and I know you've heard their music, but we're old heads in comparison to you, so yeah, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> When's your yeah. birthday? Ninety-five. <laughs> so that he was the baby. That's why he doesn't know. I was two years out of he high was school. Four. This movie came out when he was two, so I oh get it. <laughs> I get so it. So that's why he won't know anything about it. You get the pass though. But his parents actually were in the movie. But <laughs> that's probably where he came from. Right. <laughs> he was the inspiration one day. Wow. It's okay. That's homework for you. Gotta check it out. Check it out with your girlfriend. We'll do whatever you gotta do. It's really good. Make it happen. But anyway, I have a copy of it. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> on this, feel, on this, on this device that's called a DVD. <laughs> right, right, right. You can stream it though. It's on like uh, Amazon, a few other spots. Mm. But I think that <laughs> it's like our, our. Um, you know, how your your grandma used to have Martin Luther King and JFK on the wall, right. and Jesus, white <laughs> and Jesus, Jesus, white Jesus. Everyone of the of the Gen Xers and old millennials, because old millennials like it. Um, have a copy of Love Jones in some way, shape, maybe. Or... A lot of them do. Maybe. If if you fall in that category, maybe they saw it with a, a someone saw friend. it. You you for sure saw it. Saw anyway, it I really friend. like this film, and I love it because it's so relatable, and I love it because a young Tawana <laughs> mm. dreamed of being Nia. Right. Really, I dreamed of being Darius um, with wow. Nia. <laughs> right. Right. But. You know, it opened up a world of possibilities of what life could be in love and in work. Because they were all trying to work, too. They were all, like, writers and photographers mm -hmm. and poets and painters. and So this creative sort sorted out as a blueprint for her life in love and in life. And, and it became one of my really absolute favorite films. I know every lyric, every every dialogue, every scene. I've probably tried to act it out in my personal life <laughs> in some way. Right. Um, <laughs> like I'm sure you all have. Right. Um, and it's just it's just a great film. And I feel like if you dig a good romance, this is it. If you just want to dig into a good black love romance, this is it too. Um it's stand the test of time for over 20 years, and it's still going strong, I think. So check it out. Love Jones. That was my favorite. That was my first. You have another one, but I have that's another your one. first one. That was my first one. All right, one. so since we're going to stay in that yes. for now, we're going to stay in that mode. For me, I chose my first one is The Best Man from 1999. For the culture. Another one for the culture. <laughs> um, and and. Everybody, if you don't know this, look it up online. I'm not reading this whole synopsis. To you don't you. have to. But the, the whole point is, this is a film made by Malcolm Lee. Yeah, Malcolm Lee. Who is Lee. the cousin of Spike Lee, of course. And um, this, this film was uh, set in Chicago, and it was a group of friends who right. 
knew each other from college and have been around each other for a long time. Right. And they kind of, you know, because most time what I've learned about the college experience is mm-hmm. that you, you grow up in college and you, and you make your best friends in your college. Your best friends in college. You actually make them in college. And, I, and yeah. what, what I loved about this film and what resonated to me was the fact that college friends were actually coming together yes. for a, a friend's wedding. And then all of the the drama ensues because there is there is some some of and you know the thing about college friends some people are very successful yes some people are making it good right. and some people are surviving right. so you had a nice little mixed bag of that and like love jones everybody was professional everybody was doing their thing so the middle class family right that, that middle class upbringings whether you be in the south or whether you be in the north or right. out west everybody had a cool you know real life work experience life right. relationship life friendship life where right. you hung out where you had your your Friday nights together right 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 you know whether you be in a couple or whether you be single everybody's chilling you go yeah. into comedy shows and, and back during that period they they stressed a lot of the once again the um the jazz spots and mm-hmm. the music lounges yeah, and spot. cool music and places poet like spots. that poet spots cuz you yeah. know that whole um spoken word was very popular mm-hmm. during that period and i think what yes it was what the best man and love jones did was spotlight how we love cultural stuff. But it was spotlight that we existed. Right. You know, beyond the existence, but we existence with with wealth, with some sense of wealth, whether you be super right. rich, we but you also you were, you were working. You weren't it wasn't about living in the projects, it was about living in your spaces, right. chilling, doing your thing, having right. 24-hour jobs, right. some being very creative and some being in, in corporate America. Right. But you were doing your thing. We were successful people. Right, right. And, and, you know, we understood our culture and we cherished it. You know, whether it be the art or the music or the photography, whatever right. it was, there was there was that expression. So yes. when, when these friends came back together, it was just how you how you see your life. And then you see how how the story of the friendship unfolded from their college years mm-hmm. and beyond. And it was beautiful to see that because for so long as black viewers watching black cinema, that wasn't the stories we were exactly. told. Exactly. So it was good to see it. And then I actually felt like, oh, that, that's me and my friends on the screen. Exactly. You know, and so it's like, okay, I'm, I'm with that. But I also understand from the college experience and beyond that, you know, there are things that happened, there are relationships that unfolded there are relationships that were hidden. Yes. And all these things that happened among, with, with friends and family. Because your friends in those time periods really become your family. Because a lot of time you've moved away from home. Yes. You're living in different time zones. You're living yes. in different cities. So I think that you have to, in those situations, like living in New York, you have to, you know, make new friends. Right. You find make a new family. Chosen family. Yep. It's chosen family, 100%. And um, one of the things about this was it was just... It was cool to see the dynamic of one these black men being supporting each other like brothers and looking yes. out for each other like brothers and then the black women yes. doing the same thing. It wasn't yes. coming at you. Nope, it wasn't and all d- this, divisiveness. Right, all that weird, you know, strangeness that happens. Strange. Uh, how Over, they present us. Shit they right, give us. How they present us. Right. Like with all these reality shows where we're right. fighting and bickering with fighting each other. Fighting and bickering with but each other. But these were actually friends. And right. so, and even when the upset would happen, right. there was always another friend who would say, all right, we got to get this together. Get y'all this y'all together. boys and y'all we girls got to get this together. We were a community, yeah. You know, so we treated each other with that kind of respect. Mm-hmm. So it was good to see that from these films. And, and what I'm hoping that's going to happen with the film, The Photograph. Right. 
Because it's been 20 years since we've seen a movie like that. Because it's a photograph, and then there's um 40-year version that's coming out on Netflix, too, that right. just won a bunch of Sundance stuff. Right. And it, it, there's a there's a, there's a resurgence yeah, of black I, films. And I'm hoping that television. we're going to see some, some, some cool, new, interesting things, some new twists. Mm-hmm. In our stories, because our yeah. stories have changed. Right. We're not the same people we were. We're not the same people, but in like the 90s. shows like uh, Issa, Issa Rae is um, Insecure. Insecure. And um, there's a few other things coming out that that are really like, I think even Lena Waithe is doing some mm-hmm. things that, that are making things really possible for people to see. Yeah, so I think that I'm, I'm looking forward to where we're going to go. I'm, I'm hoping for these kinds of things. And if you really need a good soundtrack, just yes. get the best man soundtrack. The best man soundtrack was really get good. Get the too. Love Jones soundtrack. Get the Higher Learning soundtrack. Oh, Higher Learning you was know, amazing. Get get those. John Singleton was a master. Right. He he had a way. Because Poet Justice has a really good soundtrack too. Mm-hmm. You know, jump onto these things, and and I think that you know that was the, also the other thing because all the neo soul movement was happening. That was a big neo soul. So there was movement. a big influx the 90s of music. Was amazing. Right. And music that set the mode because that was when we were all listening to the radio still. Everybody was trying to hit that jam. CDs. Right. You you know you had your music. Right. I was making playlists on on CDs as opposed to setting up my streaming mix on on Spotify where right. we where we're also featured beer bourbon in the movie and yes, check we us are. out. But um once again, I just think that that's where we got to express ourselves in a different way. But I also believe that since it's 20 years later now, yeah. we can also see where things are going now, how the people are interacting with each other now. Yeah. And we're also a mix of different kinds of black people. Yes. You have your super, super smart, geeky black folks. You have your gay and lesbian black folks. You have your... That are also super geeky. Right. You know, and you have your, your church black folks. You have right. your... Work black folks. There's a whole bunch of black folks. There's a folks. whole bunch of black folks. Not to mention your hood black folks and day day down the corner on yeah, the corner. They still so exist. Everybody's here. So I think that yes. that's where we're gonna get to and, and I'm I'm happy to see that. So yes. you know, hopefully it'll just keep going. What's your second one? Yes, yes, yes. Um my it's second one, one. It's the birthday, so it's she, my birthday. She she's she, she trying to get it together right now. Keep I'm trying going, to get it together. <laughs> I was I was listening to you she so actually, intensely. She's actually still waiting on the strippers to show up, but it's okay. I know. God, calm down. I What's mean, your next film? I'm looking side to side. She's looking this. side no, to side. No strippers. Not yet. Not yet. Listen, the, I the don't demean that work. I'm celebrating that work. So Absolutely. if you're taking that offensively, I'm not abusing anyone. <laughs> I'm celebrating, paying people for their work. Good dancing. <laughs> They're dancing. That's right. And that's all that's important. That's all. It's that's a good it's a good activity. Yes, it is. And I celebrate those women. Make your money, girl. Get Another it. black film. Diamond what's it? Players Club. Wow. Diamond. Make that money, girl. Don't let that money make you. Wow. Jamie Foxx was in that too. Okay. All right, move on. Yes, please. Is Jamie <laughs> in your next film? Or? No, he is not. Okay, good. Okay. We're gonna you. go a little white. Thank you. That's fine. It was a couple years. I'm going there too. A couple years after. Mm-hmm. And I still had a little Julia on my mind. Okay. But I was loving my Love Jones. Got it. But then, boom, she popped up with Notting Hill. Oh, okay. okay. Which Notting Hill is a very fun film. It's the life of a simple bookshop's owner who changes when, whose life changes when he meets this very famous film star in the world, of course, Julia Roberts. The dream comes true for William Thacker, played by Hugh Grant. 
an unsuccessful Notting Hill bookshop, bookshop owner, which takes... Notting Hill is in London, so it takes place in London. Got it. Um, when Anna Scott, played by Julia Roberts, the world's best-liked actress, enters his shop. A little later, he can't, uh, he can't believe it himself. When he runs into her again, this time spilling orange juice all over her, Anna accepts his offer to change in his nearby apartment and thanks him with a kiss, which seems to surprise both of them, and changes their lives forever. Anna and William get to know each other better over the next several months, but because, but being together, rather, um, with one of the world's most famous actresses isn't easy, and neither um, around their friends nor in front of the devouring press. Uh, It's all just difficult. Yeah. Hence the twist. Mm Mm-hmm. What I liked about this film the most, and I've seen it countless of times, I, I can't even tell you. I know I've seen it too many times when I know the dialogue of every single scene. Oh, dear God. I don't know the dialogue of any movie. I know the dialogue of several movies. I can actually tell you what I've se- what movies I've seen with people and what theaters, whether they still exist or not. Still. I mean, yeah, it's great. But I can't remember some <laughs> things <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck would anybody do that? Okay, I mean, sure. these are these are part these are memories of my life, and okay. so I got it. I guess I still keep them in there. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's you're sarcastic. No, it's okay. be- no, it is beautiful. It's your <laughs> birthday. You can you can keep as many movies in your head as you want. That's great. It's it's amazing. I'm normal, by the way. Oh, yes, okay. you are. Yes, whatever normal is. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, one of the reasons why I really love that f- this film is because as corny as it might be. The characters are very humanizing. Mm. It's the simplicity of their dates. It's, they also had a good soundtrack. Um, the music, right? The, the, the chemistry between Julia and Hugh. I love the corniest of this, the corniness of this. I love the cliche jokes. I love the romantic notion. Right. I know, every, like I said, I know every single word that came out of this film. And whenever it's on, I can't help but see it. From, from the loving court garden scenes to to the dinners with the friends the restaurant scenes where she defends herself of being a real person as people sort of like um demean her as a slut so to speak um so slut shame her in this restaurant scene um to the ending which seems really sort of um amazing in sorts but it never felt it never failed to seem humanizing much like love jones it was bringing the human out in these people it wasn't just this fantasy shit so i mean i i love the movie i think it's really fun it's very quirky if you ever seen anything with hugh grant he's just like this silly floppy haired british dude um who's cute but not like overly handsome and i think it just humanizes him to be this everyday regular guy and I just love his awkwardness with Julia Roberts. And I love her truthfulness in a lot of scenes about who, how she's really just a human. She, she at one din, dinner scene, she says how one day, you know, her looks will fade and they'll find out she's really not a good actress and she can be herself again. Um, it's very modest. It's very modest. There's a lot of modest scenes uh, in this film. And I really liked it. Um, and she's got a lot of other films that I love, Best Friend's Wedding, and um, I guess A Pretty Woman, and Mystic Pizza, uh, a lot, tons of films, I can name them all, but um, this one touched my heart the most, because it, 
it seemed like it was about regular people just trying to survive in this neighborhood of Notting Hill in, in Britain. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Give it a shot. It's online. You got shit to do. It's snowing and raining outside. Cuddle up with your cat or your boo or nice. your dog, whatever. Have some ice cream, popcorn. Wow. And enjoy it. Is it is it like um What's that other one women like a lot? That the notebook. Is it like that? No. You're not gonna be crying? I actually don't like the fucking notebook. Oh, you got tired of crying? No, I just don't like it. Okay, got it. I don't think it I don't know. You just don't like it. It doesn't in, it doesn't entice me. Got it. It it feels really Meg Ryan ish. And I'm sure people will hate well, me for that. She wasn't even in it. Because people well, <laughs> Rachel McAdams is in it. But she, she feels a little poor little Meg, Meg wasn't even in it. She got slammed. <laughs> there was no reason to slam Meg. I can slam there Meg. There was just all no day. reason to slam you, Meg. You got mail. Get out of here. I got cute. I got no mail for you, boo. Um, but well, you like when Harry met Sally? No, fuck out of here. Yes, you did, did. I didn't like that either. Everybody liked that movie. So what? But I didn't <laughs> like it. The, the fake <laughs> orgasm, because I actually knows what it's like to feel an actual orgasm, not fake it. Like, that felt real fake. I feel like people when people fake <laughs> orgasms, people who never actually have orgasms are amazed at it. Like, um, like you didn't like my fake orgasm right there? No, that was that was just crazy. Uh, <laughs> I tried to ignore you. Um, <laughs> it's your you know, birthday. What's what's that movie where the bondage is going on that people loved from oh, the books? Yeah, the shades of shades of gray. Fifty shades of 50 gray. Fifty shades of gray. Mm-hmm. Every woman who's never had an orgasm in the suburbs read this book and was like, "I'm ready to smack my husband." They gave him one smack. They had one missionary position, and that was it. And this movie lit a fire under them. I feel like that's what Meg did. It's just like no. I feel like Julia Roberts actually has sex. I don't feel like Meg Robin really has like real sex. Wow. I mean, Julia well, Roberts. she did and in the cut. Julia Roberts was going to give Mel, Mel Gibson. What is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> She's had a lot of those. Eat. Well, you actually haven't. You've only I, had two beers. No, I've had, yeah, two. It's time to crack open the next I, one. IPAs are very strong. Okay. They're very strong because of the hops. Sure. Um, <laughs> no, it's not sure. It's real. But what? what <laughs> <laughs> I said Sure. What do you what, think sure what's, means? What's um not Mel Gibson? Who's the other guy? In, Tom Hanks. No, not Tom Hanks. In Pretty he, Woman. Oh, we're not. We, oh, um, Richard Gere. Yeah. So she was gonna. The reason why I like Julia Roberts, she was gonna give Richard Gere a blowjob, and it was very evident. She was about to give him a blowjob in this fucking movie. You'll never see Ray Ryan give nobody a blowjob, and she didn't well, even. She gave up some in uh in the cut. Yeah, but it was like thirty years later, twenty years later, when nobody gave a shit. She wasn't Miss America anymore. I like Julia she Roberts. She came from the guy in light. She's got a little. A, a child star. She's got a little ghetto in her. I feel like her. She's got some ghetto Irish relatives. Oh my goodness! <laughs> They're the black Irish. Okay. <laughs> but should I jump into my movie now? <clears throat> Please, by all means. See Notting Hill though, <laughs> and, and see what I'm talking about. <laughs> You'll like it. Who else is in Notting Hill? Um, Hugh Grant, <laughs> Julia Roberts, a lot of British folks. Uh, <laughs> well, you know I like a good British film. I mean, yeah, Richard McCabe, um, Ryzef Efens, uh, James Dreyfus, Dylan Moran. If you are a big fan of British films, you'll know these people. Roger Frost, and on and on. I don't know any of these people. Tawana don't know none of them, but it's okay. I mean, I I only know them. Oh, Tim um, McGarney, he's very British. Gina McKay, Emma Chambers, and on and on. Whatever. Got it. Okay. 
Check it out, though. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> You'll be looking for some 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 actress in the city, looking to bump into her and throw some shit on her. Wow. I mean, you'll know. Watch a movie. As I said, we're we're in. This is a <laughs> Tawana special episode. This for is my her special birthday. birthday episode. It's all about romantic comedies, and, and please let us know. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Tawana. <laughs> um, and just let us know what some of your favorite uh, romantic comedies are. We'd like to Yes, hear please. And uh, hashtag BBM podcast. And, and Oliver, I know you're listening. When you hear this episode, you tell us what your favorite romantic comedies are. Because I know you're there. He's one of our super fans. Oh, so, uh, Ollie? Yeah. Yeah. So he's one of our super fans. So if you have uh, something you want to talk about, let Ollie's us know. a big deal. Ollie used to work in... Um, the Virgin Record Store, Mega Store. Nice. He's the work in the film department. That's yeah. how I met him. Yeah, we chat a lot on on, on the Facebook channel. Yep. So uh, just uh, he's a good guy. T- let us know what you like. Yes. Um, I'm gonna go back to 1999, the same yes. same year. Nineties or the shit. The same year of. Lucky uh, you were the born there, Chris. <laughs> same year as the best man. I'm gonna talk a little bit about Greg Araki's film Splendor. Splendor. I yeah. saw Splendor. When it in the two thousands, when it showed up on um, Showtime, okay, and it was it was on a late night, but it was supposed to be a comedy, okay. And I was like, "What is this?" Like it just it just randomly picked it. You know, you're running through the guide on yeah. TV, and I started watching this film. And Splendor, just to give you a little background on Splendor, I'll read the synopsis. The the early end of the synopsis. When a struggling Los Angeles actor, Veronica, finds herself simultaneously falling in love with a sensitive writer named Abel and an airheaded drummer named Zed, she mm. initially tries to see them both without the other finding out. And then she chooses between then she tries to choose between the two. She is unable, so she begins to openly date both of them and and the three eventually move in together forming a <laughs> forming a unique yet functional group couple. Oh. And group relationship. Little, it's a thruple. It's a thruple. It's the early years of the thruple. Oh, and um, yeah. what what I love about this film was it, it literally talked about relationships and, and and how you form relationships. And she had a she also had the circle of friends like you had. Mm-hmm. Ooh, sorry, fitting mm-hmm. the mic. Mm-hmm. She also has a, a a circle of friends around her. Yeah, like in in Love Jones and like in The Best Man, because that those themes are very important before yes. people moving to the city from these places right. outside of these larger cities. And she she found her her tribe, as it were. And and so there was a lot of interaction between the friends and mm-hmm. her relationship with these two men. Right. And uh, Jonathan Sheck, who you may know from a lot of films from right. back during that period, he's been on a lot of stuff and a lot of television stuff. He was really good. Catherine yeah. Robinson, Catherine Robinson, yes. she's a Canadian actress, but she's played a lot of these kind of. Yeah, she's been in a lot of. Stuff. Right, she was in nine hundred two one zero and all of that <laughs> she in, was. in the early years, and um. And Shrek was in like Ray Donovan, Prom right. Night, a lot of other stuff. Batwoman. Right, and so I, it was just it was this it's this lighthearted kind of comedy that has serious undertones because you think it's just you know it's just that oh I I like him oh he's cute oh I like him he's cute then they start they start living together as a couple. And then the two guys, the two guys also have a relationship in the girl in, in, in the relationship with the girl. And then right. something magical happens. And so it's it's how how that relationship and that dynamic Ooh. plays out. So this movie, it just it just kind of opened my eyes to what love can be, this concept of 
not just because a lot of times you you're, you're, you're in and out of relationships right mm-hmm. and i think for some people some people actually might need a third person and i know that's not for everybody i'm not saying jump out and do it right, go do right, it right. but what i thought was interesting about it was she actually loved these two men for two different reasons but the reasons were still linked together and that's what made them possible for her to love both of them at the same right. time that's and for and for them to actually love her because they truly did love her mm-hmm. and then when she thought she was going to break up with him because she thought it was too out there because you know she's listening to her friends and everybody in her right. ear and she's seeing her other friends have traditional like relationships well, yeah. so because she was seeing that she said well maybe i need to have that too so she starts dating another actor she leaves both of these men Hmm. She leaves them both, and then she starts dating an actor who was also kind of feeling her. But she realized that she didn't; he wasn't the one for her. She actually had a more fulfilling relationship with the other two men. In the throuple, right? So it, it was just an interesting, it's an interesting take on on relationships, on love, on on how you have to how you have to deal with each other because the fact that she was. And it wasn't even like a juggle. She wasn't juggling them because right. initially she was trying to juggle them because she didn't know which one she wanted. But, right. once, but once everybody moved in with each other, it just became it just became a special kind of situation where yeah, she really had to understand them and they had to understand to. her. That's a balancing act. Right. And I think that's the same with with all relationships because you saw it. You saw it play out in Love Jones. Yes. You saw it play out in um, The Best Man. And mm-hmm. I think this film, once again, a great soundtrack. Greg Araki's known for his soundtracks. He's also, his his biggest film was Doom Generation, which was, yeah. which was the precursor to talking about the impact of media. He did a lot of stuff. He did, uh, he wrote Mysterious Skin, uh, White Bird in a Blizzard. He's written a lot of things. Yeah, and, and you know, initially, he's, a, he's an Asian man, he's gay. Mm-hmm. Or I, I should say, he's, oh, he did the new Heather's. Too. Yeah, he did the new Heather's. I'm looking forward to that. And he's, he, even though he was gay, he actually dated Catherine Robinson. Oh, I'm not surprised. For some time, but once again, most of his stories have some kind of uh, gay, lesbian, LGBT, queer kind of story. Because he was, he was one at the forefront of the new queer cinema of the '90s, okay. which, which everybody talks about. In in in, um, which I think Mysterious Skin was like, yeah, and queer um, in 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 taking film classes to want to, you know, we we talked about the advent of the the new gay cinema, yes. just like with the new black cinema, just like with neo noir and all of that. Yes, he was at the forefront of this when it came to this film. And then you had right. other films like Bound, which we've talked about on an yes. episode before. But I, I think it's interesting when you when you talk about and what I've been no, what I see lately in the dating game uh-huh. is that you're gonna meet people from all walks of life. Absolutely. And I think that this film kind of tapped into it in a time when we were really weren't having these conversations. Yeah. But I think that now that we are, I think it's something to take a look at. Uh, one of my friends, because I just thought, one, it just reminded me of another film from the 80s, which was um, uh, Less Than Zero. Mm-hmm. Less Than Zero with Robert Downey Jr. when he was actually an actor. Mm-hmm. Not when he's just playing himself on t- on film, mm-hmm. but when he was actually acting. It, it, it told the story of these three just out of high school going to college, very yeah. Gen X yeah. film. Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll was 
at play mm-hmm. and that that was not a comedy that was not a rom-com that was not no, a, that was not a it was very it was very shocking but it, during that period in time also sex lies and video i was gonna say sex lies and video all those tape. films were made during the same time and so but i think that that led that was the precursor to this kind of movie yeah. where it was turned into a comedy because yeah. this could have easily went way way south and bad yeah but it had and, and how it ended was beautiful so and i'm not going to spoil that for anybody right but I think that it's interesting when you have uh, a writer, director trying to tell different stories. And mm-hmm. I feel like hopefully with the advent, like I said before, with the photograph and films like that coming back and TV shows, yes. you know, I mean, from what is it? The L Word, Noah's Ark, all these different kinds of shows. Right. You're also going to see. LGBT love mm-hmm. and not this, oh, I got to kill myself after I had an, uh, uh, an some affair. good time with you or whatever, whatever. Yes. It's not going to be those kind of stories. We're going to see black love. Right. We had, you know, Asian love and like romance E-G-W-N. with um, right, uh, and they had Spanish a queer love. Dynamic right. too. But then you also had the love of crazy rich Asians. That was a love story too yeah. at the end of the day. So finally, white people are going to see other kinds of love stories because it can't just be about Oh, no. you guys falling in love. It's going to be a little bit of everybody yes. falling in love. Yes. And that's a beautiful thing. So I think that these right. kinds of films, and, and just talking about it, I'm glad you brought it up as a, a subject matter because I think right. that it's, it's also a genre that can get overlooked. Yeah, absolutely. Because when it comes down to award season, it's always those thriller kind of pieces, those dramatic thriller, kind of dramatic pieces. dramatic pieces. You know, you never really get to delve into... Historical pieces. Right, it's always that kind of stuff, but you never get to delve into romantic comedies or horror. Right. And so I think that this is these are the kinds of films that kind of stand out. And they're, they're the films that people always want to talk about. Because, mm-hmm. like, as we were talking about... Well, they're the films that are the most visceral. Right. When we were talking about what we are going to talk about on the show, yeah. you know, we each of us ran off several different kinds of yeah, movies. Yeah, several films we were You like. know, and, and when I think about my first favorite romantic comedy, I didn't even know what a romantic comedy was. Right. My first favorite was What's Up, Doc. Oh, nice. With Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neal. And that movie, oh, wow. is, it, with Madeline Kahn, that yeah. movie is still the funniest movie I will ever see in I've my never life. Seen it. I'm going to have to watch it. Just the funniest. My second favorite, and all my friends know, because I have friends that actually call me every time it comes on. Te- it comes on television. Me and my dad used to watch this movie called Barefoot in the Park. Oh yeah, with yeah, Jane Fonda and Robert Redford. Yeah. Every time I see that movie, yeah. I laugh. I have I have the best time. You know, I've never seen that. It is. I actually own a copy. We're gonna have to watch. So it. we will watch it. Um, or I think I own a copy. I might have got rid of it, but I had it. Okay, all. we can stream but it. But the whole point is. One of the funniest movies I've ever seen. So between What's Up Doc and and Barefoot in the Park, those are my quintessential. Yeah, your quintessential love stories. Love stories, and they're funny. And yeah. I'm not a comedy person, but they yes. really, they really struck something they, in me. They, and I think they that get you because my father introduced them to me. Right. On a, you know those Sunday afternoon when movies right, come on right, TV right. when they used to come on TV because they don't come on TV anymore right. when they used to come on TV it w- those were the fun I was like oh my god and I didn't even know because it was adult situations I had no idea what was really going on right but it had exactly. enough funny to keep my attention exactly and you know uh, what's up Doc was like a chase film okay. so it was all of that but and that's what made it funny too but then you had the the quirkiness, the New Yorkness of Barefoot in the Park. Oh yeah, it was know? very New York. And so I think that when you see films like that, 
it just kind of makes it it brings something back but what i liked about splendor is that it was also funny okay there was you know it was the the club scene because this, this was taking place in la so you had their la club scene you had those early days of the drugs and the stuff right. at the club and Oh, who you wake up with the next day right. in relationships because that used to happen. I don't know if it really happens now that much, but <laughs> in some cases it still kind of does. But right. it's just like who you wake up with the next day right. and how you handle that. Oh, yeah, you're still here. Yeah, conversation. I'm, sh- I'm sure that oh, that's eternal. I meant to uh, call your Uber. <laughs> oh, now today is the Uber. <laughs> okay, because back then it was. It was you need cab. me to get you a cab real quick. You know, so it's it's like that. What, but that's a different kind of, that's a different kind of love situation. Yeah, and we see it kind of play out in these stupid ass reality shows that we have now. But I think that it's it's interesting when you when you see it on film because I think once again, film film language has a way of telling a, a love story in a different kind of perspective. Yeah. And, and what I'm hoping to see more of is is that spotlight on the different kind of relationships that you have. Because I think Insecure yeah. is doing a real good job Insecure of Insecure is doing a real good job, and I like that they're going to introduce a male mental illness, black male in- mental oh, illness. Oh, yes, absolutely. So um, I love that. I'm sure it's the, the, her boyfriend. What's his name? It's He's not her boyfriend, but they're, like, they're, in, they're you know, in a thing. I don't, oh, I don't um, remember his it, name. The light-skinned guy. It's Kendrick. Is it Kendrick? Kendrick the light skinned guy. Samson, yes. Yeah, supposedly well, he has depression or something. That's perfect. And for so that. he disappeared previously yeah, and so he's he an returns. Actor, unlike the guy that plays her real I cannot stand. <laughs> you don't him. like him? I don't. He's coming Lawrence, back, so I cannot stand Lawrence. Strap yourself in so Lawrence will be oh, back. He, Lawrence gets on my nerves. Lawrence had a had a baby. I'm not gonna say oh, what dear who. God. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Yes. But like I said, I think that these kinds of one the shows, but right. also the movies, yes. and you know the writers. I want people to write these stories and not them, not yeah. them just the hood books, Quite but honestly, some love books. These people we're talking about, Greg and Thomas, are very big writers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go out, check it out. Listen, these things are not playing, but. A lot of times, BAM will have retrospectives every now and again. If you're in New York City, check it out and see what's going on. So, it's about that time. If you like this episode, be sure to like, share, and follow us on all our social media platforms. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, where we host, and Spotify, where we stream. Yes. Please be sure to comment, share. Let us know what you're thinking. Use the hashtag, hashtag BBM podcast. That's hashtag BBM podcast. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. And what are we going to talk about next time? Episode 59. And what the, are the photograph and yeah. fantasy island. I'm ready. I'm ready. A little two, two dynamics. Love and it seems like murder. Or a thriller. Thriller, right? Uh, yeah, but thriller. Thank you so fun. much for coming. This is beer, bourbon, and a movie. And a movie. We gotta go. I'm, we're going to drink. It's time to celebrate. Celebrate. <laughs> no strippers, though. Maybe. Oh, surprises. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. Thank you, Chris. This is beer, bourbon, and a movie. And a movie. <laughs>